Can we just take a second real quick before we start? Will you do me a favor? Will you give me just 10 seconds? 10 seconds. Will you just, matter of fact, I'll, I'll go one better. I'm, I'm going to go one better. Will you give me five seconds? And I know, you know, I'm maybe like, you know, Pastor Wayne, you got it backwards. But I understand what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? I understand where we are at. I understand that it's not always the most comfortable thing. And and God is patient with us like that, right? He's patient with like, like, like with us like that. So I want five seconds. Will you give me five seconds of, of, of your time and will you worship God? Will you join me in worshiping God for five seconds? And what that means is I need for you to open your mouth. You're going to have to say something. Like you're going to actually have to open your mouth and say something. And I know, I know that some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're asking a bit much of me right now. Please, five seconds. That's not long. Will you just take five seconds? And if you do nothing, then to go down a list of things that you're grateful for, that'll be fine. If you do nothing but just think to yourself, not think, but say, Lord, I, I thank you for helping me to get to church. Thank you for letting me get a, a closer parking lot, a park, parking space than last time. Whatever that may be, then, then let it be that. But will you give me five seconds, not, not me, will you give God five seconds of praise out of your lips? Five seconds. Will you do that for me, please? On the count of three, one, two, three. God, we thank you. We praise you. You're amazing. You're awesome. God, we lift you up. We honor you here today. God, we, we, we say come. God, we say have your way. We give you praise and honor. We want to make the environment just amazing for you to be here, God. We thank you. Have your way here. We honor you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for another day. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you right now, right here. Have your way, God. Have your way. It's, it is something when we will take the time to, to honor God. They talk about a smile and how a smile releases endorphins into our body. Do you know what praise does? Praise releases something into the atmosphere that begins to change and transform how you're feeling, what's going on, how the enemy's attacking you. And we don't like to do it because it makes us uncomfortable. You can have your, you can be seated. You can be seated. Jesus. Oh, he's so awesome. He's so awesome and, and, and worthy of our praise. I want to speak to us. I, wanna, I know there's a spirit in this room right now. And I'm going to speak to it. Because I can and I have the authority to. And I'm going to, I'm going to command it to go in the name of Jesus and I don't even know the, what would be the correct name for it, but here's the deal. The enemy is, is, he wants to keep us distracted. He wants to keep us distracted. Like, out of everything that he can do to us, you know, whether it's sickness, you know, anger, frustration, all of those feelings that we feel, all of that stuff, what it comes down to is one thing, and that is a distraction. And that's, that's the enemy, I know he's here because there's things going on in our lives, and he wants us to be distracted. And I want you to, if, if you know that you're being distracted by something, if you know that you're being distracted by something, I want you to take authority right now. We've been preaching, we've been speaking, and we've been trying to set you in a place where you know who lives inside of you, right? 
So here we are one more time before I even go into the message, and I'm putting it on you. I'm putting on you to take authority and to walk in and act like you were supposed to. Okay? Like you are a prince and a princess of the most high God, right? Royal priesthood. This is what he says. You are, so I need for you to take authority right now. I bind up right now in the name of Jesus any spirit of distraction, whatever it might be. I rebuke it right now. And whatever that thing is for each individual person, I, in the name of Jesus, pray that the angels of the Lord would begin to, would begin to go on the offense against that thing. Right now, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, we're not just defending. We are now taking ground in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that is trying to distract, it is not just going to be held back, but it's going to be destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. Pastor Jeff just got done speaking about, singing about uh, uh, resurrection power. We can't very well possibly sing about resurrection power if we don't believe in resurrection power. The song said, the song said something about resurrection power being on our lips. Did it not? We can't stand up here and sing these songs if we don't believe these songs. We can't, we can't preach the word of God, walk out and talk about how good the message is if we don't really believe the message that's coming out of the pastor's mouth. Now, I challenge you today, do you really believe? Do you really, really believe? Last week, Pastor Jeff, he opened and he said, in the Old Testament, we see the power of the Holy Spirit working in many different ways. He said, he gave Joseph skill to rule over Egypt. Joseph was a farmer. He was a, he was a shepherd. He wasn't anybody important. He was just part of the family, part of the family business. He got cast away, thrown out, literally, ended up in the White House, basically, and started running the country. Do we really believe the things that we hear? So what you're saying is, is that Pastor Dwayne could somehow end up in the White House and begin leading the country, not as the president of the United States, but advising him in such a way that I'm running this country. We don't believe that. Why is it even important? I'm not going to re-preach his message, but he said he gave Joshua the number two. He was the number two. Abraham was, I mean, uh, Moses was the man, but Joshua, he gave him military prowess to, to begin to take land. This is what Pastor Jeff opened with. Then he closed with this, and I love this. He said, if you have ever wondered, is there more to Christianity? There has got to be more than filling a filling and trying to do some good stuff. The answer is yes. There is so much more. There is the reality of the constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit that you can have with you. This peace that surpasses all human ability to understand. I am preaching today to challenge you. I want to press you in every area 
If I could, I would follow you home and question you at every point. I want the people in this room, the people online watching, I want for us to operate in such a way that there is no misunderstanding that at the body day in, we are the body of Christ. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for people who understand they're broken, but are still powerful. I went over to someone's house recently so that they could help me do something. And they were going to use a tool that had been thrown away. It was a drill press. For those of you that know tools, you know what that is. I don't, so I'm not even going to dwell on it. But it was a, a drill press. It was a very big piece of machinery, and it had been thrown out. But yet, there it was. Doing the job that I needed done. Doing it well. It was old. It was rusted. It was not pretty. But it was strong as any other drill press that I probably would ever come across. It did the job just as good, if not better. Than, uh, and guess what? Guess what? It had a lot to do with the person who was using it. Do we really, really believe? A few weeks ago, Pastor Jeff was talking to us. And he used an example to bring forth, to, to kind of give us a perception of what we are dealing with. And he used flight. He used flying on an airplane. And he told us a story about him and his friend and how his friend had upgraded. And he stayed in coach. He flew and coached, but the friend upgraded to uh, first class. Thank you. And, man, I was like, that's good. That's good. And the Holy, the Holy Spirit said, I got one better. I'm like, what's better than first class? He said, some of y'all stuck in coach, and God don't want you in coach. Then he, then he said, but if, you, if you're willing to believe in first class, he'll take you there. He said, but then some of you get stuck in first class, and God don't want you in first class. Well, wait a second, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What, what is there other than first class? Well, if you keep on walking on forward, there's only two people, two people that sit beyond first class. people fly in the plane. He said, Dwayne, what if I want you to fly? Do we really believe? Do we really believe? Stuck in all I can all I can do is all I can do, all I can do is coach. Then you get a few of us who are like, we're doing first class. We're going to do first. We do first class here. I do first class. All I do is first class. Yeah, give me ID chilled, please. I need my glass chilled. This, this, is, a little, this is a little chill for me. I need, I need it warmed up just a little bit more, please, because I'm in first class. This is the way it's done here in first class. And we feel like we're doing it. And God is just looking at us like, hmm. Well, 
You fair fish, girl. He said, I want to give you the plane. I want to give you the plane. But we don't believe. We don't really believe. And we stay put. Whether it's because we're scared, we're comfortable, we stay put. We don't understand. It's too weird. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how to, how's that, how, how does it work? That's what we're doing. We're speaking to you. We are giving you life. We are giving you tools. We are giving you, we're not, wait, wait, wait. We're not giving you anything. We're trying to help you realize what you already got. I'm going to be in the New Testament. There's four passages in the Bible that mention the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm talking to you about the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring us up. I'm trying to bring us up. If you in coach, I'm trying to get you to first class. If you in first class, I'm trying to get you into the pilot. Seat. Pastor Jeff, he spoke to us about the flight lounge. Yeah. I experienced the flight lounge one time. And it wasn't on my own ticket. Because that's the way God is. Yeah. I had a coach ticket. And it just so happened that somebody who had first class clout because they, they had those mileage numbers, right? They did, they did so much flying, they had the mileage dollars. So what they did was is they purchased us a pass into the flight lounge. I don't even know how that works. I might, matter of fact, I might even be wrong. They might not have purchased it. I'm not even really sure. All I know is, is that they told us we have to catch another plane to, plane to go on to where we're going, which was Egypt. So when we get off the plane, we're going to go, we're going to part ways. But when you get off, make sure you get off and you go to the flight lounge. Let them know. They already know. They're going to kind of guide you. So there we are. We're going into the flight lounge. And I walk into this miraculous, beautiful, quiet, serene place where there's donuts, <laughs> fresh fruit, water, and juice, and really nice plush couches. Not the ones where 50 people can sit with you, but they were, they were separate, divided out. So when you sat down, you were sitting alone, but there was your person sitting in their own little space. People were in their sleep, and it was quiet. And I was like, man, how did I get there? It wasn't because of me. It had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with me. But when the man told me where to go, what did I do? I went. I listened. I allowed myself to be led. I followed. And guess what I got? The perks of doing so. I'm, I'm preaching good today. But I need for you to be on board, not because I'm preaching good, but because I'm telling you the truth. 
How many times have you found yourself quieting down because of what God has done in your life because you don't want to make anybody else feel bad? That's a lie. That is a lie and a trick of the enemy. Because somebody needs to believe that God can. And the only way that's going to happen is if you open your mouth and let him know what he's done for you. But Pastor Dwayne, I don't want to be bragging. Well, then change your mindset. Because somebody needs to hear what God did. And it's only bragging if you walk around with your chest puffed up. Thinking you did it. You want the money. <laughs> leading and guiding. When you realize who is leading and who is guiding, that's when you are very confident in the fact that you do nothing and it's because of what they did that you are where you are. So when you look at Pastor Dwayne and you think to yourself, man, he has got it all. That is a lie from the enemy. Because I don't have it all. I just have exactly what I need to have, which is God the Father, and I believe in it, and I believe in him, and I believe what he does, and I believe how he does it. So therefore, I do have everything I need. And so I follow his leading and his guiding. Am I perfect at it? Absolutely not. Because if I was, I'd be flying. Let me make sure you understand. I would be flying. What does that mean? I don't really know what that means because I'm not flying. But I know it would feel different than what I feel right now. Let's go to John chapter 16, verses 13 and through 15. And it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, he will give the message that has been given to him. Pause. So based off of what we've been talking about, the the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, which was there in the beginning, hovering over the deep, who now lives inside of you if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, watch this. I just want to point something out. What did I just say? We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? But so often we teach we accept Jesus Christ to come into our heart. I understand semantics, right? But here's the problem with semantics sometimes. If we don't say what we mean, then we end up not meaning what we say. It sounds beautiful and wonderful and soft and warm and fuzzy when you say, I accept Jesus into my heart. But then later down the line, when you try to help somebody understand that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are two different things, two different beings, one person, but two different portions, it's it's tough. It's tough. But if we were to say, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and then allow the Holy Spirit to come and live in you, there would be no confusion later on when you try to make that understandable. I know, man, that's, that's God. I'm, I mean, I, can I be honest with you? I say this sometimes, but I don't think you really understand and believe me. Right now, this is not Pastor Dwayne preaching. Not a thing that I've said up to this point other than what I read in the Bible and what Jeff wrote last week and I have written down. None of it. 
And I'm telling you that not to tell you how good of a speaker I am, but to show you, show you how the Holy Spirit begins to move and how when the word says, don't worry about what you're going to say when you go before him, that he'll give you the words. It's real. Now, I'm not telling you that I didn't prepare because I did prepare. I read the scripture, but the problem is I keep jumping in and out of what I was supposed to be saying. But it fits perfectly because that's who God is. So if you've ever been nervous about what to say, that was for you. It says, he will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Wait a second. This is the word of God. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you can tell you what is yet to come. But, come on. Thank you, sir. I got friends still going to see fortune tellers and mediums. It's fine. It's the way they make their money. Whatever. But it's just, it's funny. I'll go pay money to a person to tell me what I can know. See, somebody out there who does this might be like, well, somebody's paying you, aren't they? They're not paying me to tell them what they don't know. They pay me to help them realize who they are and what they do know. See, no man has ever came to me and told me something that God didn't already tell me. Confront, confirmation. And the Bible says that. It says that he will confirm things to, through two or three. Man, I'm not, I'm not speaking the future to you. But see, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you come up here for prayer. You're like, well, Pastor Dwayne spoke. Listen, if I'm speaking something to you, I would bet, guarantee that God's already spoken to you. You're just not listening. So what happens is, is God says, Dwayne, come here. I need you to tell him because when he hears it come out of your mouth, physically standing there before you, he'll hear it. See, that happens with me and my wife sometimes. I'll be like, babe, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. And she'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when a doctor or a professional is like, you know, what you really should do is X, Y, and Z. And she'd be like, oh, why didn't I ever think of that? And I'll be sitting back there like, are you kidding me? Now I have to pay for this, right? I should, I should. Digging up. Come on, preach. God is trying to, I'm trying to move on now. God is trying to speak to us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to share with us the answers that we're looking for. And we just don't listen. And if we do, we don't really believe it. We don't really believe it. And then sometimes we hear it, but it's not what we want. So then we let that go on by. Yeah. No, I don't want, I want that. No. Let me get through this scripture. He will honor and glorify me. This is Jesus saying this. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of receive, draw upon what is mine and reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. I love the word transmit. I love it. See, 
use those words. We, we purchased a transmitter so that we could do a movie night last year that we didn't get to do, but it was, we were going to make sure that the people could hear whatever was going on in their cars. Their cars was not the source of what they were hearing. It was only the transmitter that was allowing them to hear. What I can't make this any clearer, I'm telling you. It says, everything that the Father has is mine. This is what Jesus says. <laughs> everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and tra transmit it to you. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, after a short while, you will see me. He was very clear when he was talking to his disciples. See, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was letting them know, I'm about to leave. I'm going to leave somebody with you, Holy Spirit, and he will be able to tell you everything that I know. He will be able to give you and transmit to you everything that is mine. Because my father gave it to me. The provider gave it to me, and I now am letting you have full access to everything that you need. Man, I'm using up time. I need to go through something real quick. I have a quick, it's not quick, but it's going to be quick. I'm going to make it as quick as possible. Some of you know that me and my wife got a, we, we got, you know, information via text right in the middle of May. Okay, I can't remember the exact date. I was supposed to take it down, but right in the middle of May, close to the end of May, really. It was the second week to the end, right? So there's one more week, and then we were going into June. We got a message telling us we had to get out of our house. Okay? I've plenty of people in here that can testify to this. We got a message that said you have to leave, and we want you gone in 30 days. We want you gone by the end of June. This is the, sec the third week of May, and they wanted us gone by the end of June. I looked at my wife, and I was like, he did it before. He'll do it again. Amen. Now, that was me, the man, the preacher, the father, the dad, right? I'm going to be honest. When she walked away, when everybody walked away, when I walked outside by myself, I called Pastor Jeff and I said, so, bro, here we are again. And he was like, well, what's going on? And I was like, they just told me I have to be out by the end of June. What? He was like, it's all good, bro. It's all good. We'll do whatever we got to do. God, God's got this. I said, I know. I was like, I just needed to talk to somebody that wasn't going to say anything crazy. <laughs> and he was like, that's cool. What do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I got off the phone with him, and then I had another conversation with somebody else just not too long after. I don't know how much longer after. I think it was, I don't even know. But I was talking to Ryan Gale, and he can attest to this. And I don't know why, but I was I was. And I begin to tell him, and he, you know, I heard, you know, I heard that you had to get out in 30, like, what? And, I, and because I didn't want, and I didn't know if he was going to or not, but I needed to shut it down before it even started, okay? Now, listen, I need you to not just hear my story. I need you to hear I'm giving you directions as well, okay? Because he was about to say something to me, and I don't know what he was about to say, but what I needed for him not to say was something that was crazy. And what's crazy is anything outside of what I know God can do. Okay? Now, I want to be very clear about this. Because some of you don't really, I don't think you like, if somebody was to chop my leg off right here, my first response would be, God can grow it back or he will make it okay. And then somebody out there is going to want to say, oh my gosh, your leg is gone and you're never going to walk again. 
And that's, that's feasible. That's understandable. But in that moment, I would be like, stop, shut up, get out. And they'd be like, well, that was offensive. So when, when Ryan was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, this was my response. Bro, don't even worry about it. It's going to be another BMW story. Anybody here remember that message? That was a whole testimony. Not going to go over it all, but basically, car broke down, didn't have transportation. A week later, somebody gave me a car. It was serious. I have a family of seven people that have places to go, and it never stops. So without a vehicle, we wasn't going to be able to go where we needed to get to. Back to this story. And I looked at him, and I said, bro, it's going to be another BMW message. I'm telling you right now. And he was like, I love that about you. <laughs> he was like, come on. He was like, I believe that. Instantly, instantly. I don't know where he was before, but I know he was on board with God was going to do it. Right. And, and, and it continues that same way. All the way to my dad, to whoever. I stop. You've known me for a long time. He always does it. That's all you need to know. My mom, she was like, honey, I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> she said, I've learned, I, I've learned at this point, God takes care of you, and you don't want to hear anything other than that. I was like, mom, God bless you. <laughs> it only took you 41 years. I'm just joking. <laughs> so here we are. God will get out of the house in 30 days, and then, listen, my wife she was just the same way, mom, preacher's wife, you know, all that good stuff. And she was like, God's going to do it. But then when she went behind the scene, the enemy was like, really, really, are you sure? You know your whole world's about to be turned upside down. Are you 100% positive? Because that guy doesn't look like he knows what's going on. <laughs> and her knowing me, she was like, he doesn't. Oh, <laughs> So she comes to me and she's like, Dwayne, what are we going to do? And I was like, we are not going to do anything. We are going to trust God. She said, okay, okay. Well, I was thinking I could pull up this and look at this and go look at that. And I could call so-and-so and we could do it. And I was like, Satan, get thee behind me. I'm just joking. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did say that to one of my friends, though. Um, <laughs> I did, and it was, it was kind of a joke, but it was, I, I told him, I said, I understand why Jesus said that to uh, Peter, because I didn't for a long time. I was like, that's really harsh. How do you say that? But I get it now. You just, you know, you got to look at him and be like, right now you're being used of the enemy. Walk away. Okay? And I'm going somewhere with this. Please stick with me. So she's becoming kind of a nervous wreck on the inside, holding on to God God's unchanging hand, right? And she's trusting that he's going to do this. But here's the problem. You know, the enemy sometimes can scream at you. And so she, she's like, okay, he said, be still. God says, be still. Word says, be still. I'm going to be still and I'm going to trust God. Right after I send this text, hold on. <laughs> and, and like, she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to send the text. And she puts her phone away and she walks away. I didn't know that until later. And then she comes to me, she says, I have a confession. I was about to do exactly what I wasn't supposed to do, but I didn't, but I wanted you to know. And that was a testimony to me. That was victory, yes, because she was being obedient, not to, not to me, but to God, because I said, hey, God is going to do this. She already knew it. He already told it to her, but I was confirming what he already said. And so here we are. So then what's the first thing I did? I said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. I don't want to hear nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm going to fast. So I went on a fast. And I'm talking about a real fast, okay? I went on a real fast. And I was like, okay, God, this is you and me. I got 30 days. No, you got 30 days. And that's what I said. I said, you got 30 days. And he, you know, seriously, I felt he was like, I got as much time as I want. Fair enough, fair enough. So I was like, you take as much time as you need because I know in that time I'm good. It's whatever. 
I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not looking at Facebook. I don't want to hear nobody's mouth. I'm not talking to nobody. We're not doing nothing. And when I said we, I was just talking about me because my family, they were going to do whatever they wanted to do. But I was like, me, I'm not doing anything because there's one voice that I need to hear. Because I know if I hear that voice, everything is going to be okay. My wife texted her group. I need you guys to be looking. Everybody's looking for a house. Everybody. We've got this one. Have you seen this one? Have you seen this one? Yes. We've seen them all. Matter of fact, five people sent me the same one. And that one, my wife was like, this is God. This has got to be God. We walked in. I said, this is not God. (laughs) She said, but Dwayne, it's exactly what we need. This is not God. And then my kids came out with bugs on them. And I was like, this is definitely not God. It was fleas. Nevertheless, it was fleas. Yes. Nevertheless, my son's allergic to fleas. I was like, this is not God. I walked away from it and she was like, Dwayne, I'm going to. And I was like, you're not going to do that. If this is God, then it will happen. You fill out an application, and that's it. We're not going to do any extras. Yes, did I want the house? I didn't. My flesh didn't want the house. But if it was God, it was only going to be him that was going to make this happen. I walked away from it. We got right up to the day, and the guy texted her and said, yeah, it's not going to work. And she was like, Dwayne? And I was like, you ain't got to say nothing. I already know. She was like... We're well into June. Like, we got to go. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. I was sitting at work, and something comes up on the phone. And it was, it was a house. I sat there, and I was like, I'm going to look for a house. I had not looked, but some was like, look. So I was like, I'm going to look. And I didn't know if it was my flesh or not. I'm going to be honest. I was like, I don't know if this is, Lord, if, if, forgive me, but I'm just, I just want to look. So I looked, and there was one house. House had been on the market for 74 days. Everybody's sending me houses. Nobody sent me this one. I text my wife, sent her the picture of the house. Little did I know, because she didn't say, she had just seen the house that morning because somebody sent it to her, right? Somebody sent her the same house the same morning. Where this house been the whole time? We freaking out. I called her. I said, babe, I think this is the house. She's like, are you sure you want to go look at it? I was like, yes, I want to go look at it. I believe this is the house. We went to look at the house. It was perfect for our family. There were things wrong with it, so on, so forth. Guess what? We moved into the house yesterday. Trusting him. Trusting him. Sometimes we got to shut the mouths of everybody else. You can't listen. You got to cut it off. You got to shut everybody out so you can hear him. Or else you will start doing what you know to do, what they know to do. You'll be following everybody else's directions, but his. And then you'll be wondering, what did he do to me? He didn't do that. You did that. How did I get here? Good question. What if I would have got off that plane after the guy told me what he told me? What if I would have got off that plane and went and sat in the sitting area? Do you hear me? I don't think y'all hear me. What if I would have got off the plane and instead of going where he told me to go, I went to where everybody else went? Wait, even better. Isn't that where you go to sit and wait for a plane? There's nothing wrong with going there. So what if I got off the plane and went and sat where I usually would sit because that's where you usually sit to go sit for a plane and I went and paid my hard-earned money to get some fresh fruit that wasn't really fresh and, and old stale donuts that had been sitting there all day. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what everybody else does. That would seem stupid. That would seem absolutely crazy. But that's what we do every single day. That's what we do every single day. Why? Because we don't believe. 
I want you to know something. I'm believing for something else. There's only a few people I told. There's something else I'm believing for. There's a vision I'm believing for, for my house. I believe it. And it might not come true because it might just be what I want. But I believe it with all of my heart that my God can give it to me. And when he does, I'll preach about that too. Go to Romans chapter 8, and I, I promise I'm going to close. I'll be done. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, provider, sustainer. The Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Who? Who is led by the Spirit? Who is led by the Spirit? All who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Sons of God, daughters of God, or who are led by the Spirit? Who are sons of God and daughters of God? People who are led by the Spirit. I know you may be, oh, Pastor, what? Uh, I need you to understand it's one and the same. Because too many of us are calling ourselves sons and daughters of God, and we are not led by the Spirit. And then some people want to say they're led by the Spirit, but... They're not acting like sons and daughters of God. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. It's right up here, so I'm going to go. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh. Of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. They're opposed. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. You wonder why you don't want to listen to certain music. Rather you're a Christian not want to listen to secular or regular. You're, you feel me. You wonder why you get uncomfortable. My man. You wonder why you get uncomfortable when you come to church. You really should ask yourself some questions. One is opposed to the other. And if you call yourself, listen, I'm, this is, I'm saying this out of love. Please hear me. Because guess what? Here, I'm going to take one second so you can see that I'm saying this out of love. You're uncomfortable when you come to church. You're uncomfortable listening. You, you feel it rubs you wrong when you're listening to certain Christian music. You know, it's, it just don't really, it's not vibing with me. It's not vibing with me. It's not vibing with your flesh. And if it's not vibing with your flesh... If it's not vibing with your flesh, this is where it gets good. That means the Holy Spirit is living in you. It's moving in you. And it's, it's, it's provoking you to live differently. Hallelujah. That's good. Don't let the enemy tax you. Oh, look at you. you. No, shut up. You just mad because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And I can see you now. Chump. You just mad. You don't want me to come to this church not because it's not good, not because they are weird. You don't want me to come here because they be moving in the Holy Spirit. They be letting God move in this place. 
spirit, they are opposed. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Paul, Paul, what he's saying here, he says, don't follow the sinful desires of the flesh, but follow what the Spirit wants you to do. Follow what the Spirit is moving you to do. In Ezekiel 36, it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. The more you, but the more you allow the Holy Spirit to move inside of you, the more you will desire the word of God. The more you will desire to do what he's called you to do. The more you will desire to be in his will. The more life will begin to make sense. Oh, that was the enemy. Oh, that was me. Oh, that's God. Oh, that's not. One last one. Because some of you right now are going to be like, well, I feel like the Lord's not leading me. He's led me into the wrong place. Or you're like, the devil is trying to tear me apart, so he sent me here. And it might be the opposite of either, Right? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you into some funky situations. I promise you. And this is the last scripture I'm going to read to you. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. It says, then Jesus, watch this. Then Jesus, we're talking Jesus here, the Messiah, the one who died on the cross. Then Jesus, full of and controlled by who returned from the Jordan and was led in by for 40 days in the wilderness. What? The Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness for what? Let's see. Where he was tempted, tried Tested exceedingly by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. Ooh, we come on. See where I got my direction from? When I was led into a situation that felt quite like a desert, I said to myself, Well, Jesus decided not to eat nothing, and so I'm not going to eat nothing. And that way I can hear him clearer. And I can, I can know the difference between the enemy's voice and his. And it says, let's read that one more time. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were completed, he was hungry. So we know that he didn't snack a little bit. There was nobody else there, nobody else's voice, nobody else giving him any hints, plans, or anything like that. It was the enemy telling him, do this, try this, listen to me, follow me, do this, give it to me. And Jesus was like, no, absolutely not. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. I got one question and I'm 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 stop. Jesus was led into the wilderness. First foremost, he was led. Are you being led? Are you setting yourself up to be led? Are you trusting the Holy Spirit to lead? Jesus was led into the wilderness. Where will you let the Spirit lead you in order to reach his full purpose for you? Where will you let the Holy Spirit lead you? Wilderness. 
Wilderness is an uncomfortable place. Sometimes wilderness is a lonely place. Wilderness is a place where you don't know what's going on, probably what's coming next. Dry. Are you there now? Because you might be there for purpose. If you are, when's the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to tell you something? And even if you have, because I felt as soon as I said that, I literally felt somebody like I have. Thank you very much. But where are, are you listening? I can say without a shadow of a doubt, I was listening to God. Can you say that? That's all I'm asking. I'm not telling you you're not listening. I'm saying, can you say, listen to me. Can you say without a shadow of a doubt that you were listening to God? If you can't, everything goes out the door. That's it. You know, sometimes you guys get angry with us when we're up here because you feel like we're saying something. I'm not saying anything. I'm asking you a question. You say you listen to God. You say you're following God. You say you're living with God, for God, through God. You say all of that. But I'm just asking you a question. Are you seeing fruit? Are you seeing fruit? And can you say without a shadow of a doubt that you are walking and, and listening to him. This thing is real. It's real. And if we are going, if we are really going to know the Holy Spirit, live with the Holy Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign in our lives we got to ask ourselves these tough questions. And when we can't answer them, we need to change something. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I don't care if you, somebody might look at me and be like, dang, Dwayne, you went to a whole extreme fasting with no food. God never asked you to do that. You're right. Maybe he didn't. But I wanted to be 100% sure that what I was hearing was coming from him and nobody else, not even me. And if that's what it takes for me to go to an extreme, then so be it. When I first got saved, when I first really started to live my life for God, that's kind of what I did. Because somebody was like, I mean, this whole Christian thing, like, do you really have to do all of that? Like, why does anybody have to do all of that? And I'm like, well, let's make this simple. I might be able to do these things, and God might be okay with it. Or I could just cut all that junk out, and whether Jesus is going to be there when I die waiting for me or not, I got better chances. My odds are better. And that was kind of a bad way to look at it, but I was brand new to really trying to go all in. So I figure if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of the good extreme. And so that's followed me. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of the good extreme. So if you're unsure if you're following the Holy Spirit, if you're unsure if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, err on the good extreme. Cut everybody else out just for a period of time. It does say that man's not supposed to be alone, so it's not going to be permanent, but it ain't going to hurt you to cut it out for a little, for a little while so that you can know for sure. Say you, say you newly, you, you know, you in love. 
he's the one, she's the one. But then there's something way back there that's like, I'm not sure, because the other day, err on the side of good. Why don't you go away? I'm going to go away. And let's just stay away and really hear God. You feel me? Or maybe, you know, you're looking for a place to stay. And you're not sure. What if you cut off everything? What if you cut off everything and just be like, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to hear your voice. I'm not telling you to throw wisdom out of the door. I'm telling you to throw your wisdom out the door. Get before God. Open your Bible. Pesuan, I read my Bible every day. Do you read your Bible every day listening and waiting to hear the voice of God? Or are you checking off a box? After you, after you get done listening to the word of God with intention, reading with intention, with expectation, do you shut it off and then go right to Facebook? You're kind of, you know, you're playing tug of war. I'm just, I'm just saying we're talking about the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. If you really want to hear him, you are going to have to take some steps to hear him. And, it, it, and sometimes you may, it might just be better to err on an extreme. The extreme isn't going to hurt you. I'm going to pray. If there's anybody here, if you bow your heads, I'm not going to waste any time because I've already taken up a lot of your time. Listen to me. The altar is where I believe battles are fought and won. I don't have to have a full altar every week. I really don't. But I really do believe, I really do believe that the altar is somewhere where faith is, it's, it's strengthened. Because you took a step to kind of put yourself in a situation, in a place where you believe God will hear you or something, you know? Like, it's, it's a step of faith. If you're here today and... And you, you're like, man, I want to hear the Holy Spirit so that I know I'm living and I'm walking in the life that God has called me to walk in. You haven't made that decision over the past few weeks and you want to make that decision now. Would you please go ahead and just, just come up to the altar I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to, like, just if it's you and you want to, just come on up to the altar. And you don't, I, I don't care if nobody moves. I really don't because it, it doesn't take anything away from me. But here's the thing. Err on the extreme. I did this. I've done this five times. Okay, so do it ten what is it going to hurt? Listen. You're showing faith. You're showing God, I really do care. I really believe this. I really believe this. You're not making him do anything. You're not pressing him. I'm telling you right now, if you come to the altar a hundred times, it's really for you. Because you don't, guess what? I'm going to tell you a secret. You don't even really have to come to the altar. When you really trust and believe, I was not at the altar when I decided to believe for that house. Why? Because the altar is wherever I am. 
But there are times, let me tell you, there are times and there are situations where Pastor Dwayne has to go to the altar because the enemy, it's like he won't leave me alone anywhere else. The Holy Spirit is here. Right now, there are people in this room. I want to share something with you. Listen, I want to share something. Give me, give me like three more minutes, I promise. Five at the most. Facebook, thank you for joining us. We love you. Thank you for being here with us at the Body Dayton. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you, I'm going to pray with you, and then I'm going to release you. I'm going to let you go. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, wherever they're at, if they're right there in that moment and they've heard everything that we've talked about, Father, I pray right now that you would minister to them. God, I pray that you would let them know that you're real. I pray that you would let your Holy Spirit just manifest right there in that moment, right there in their home, in their car, on the job, wherever they're at, begin to manifest in their life so that they can see you moving changing their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.